A remarkable discovery announced in late 2004 has thrown the matter of brain size, among other things, into confusion and a lot of paleoanthropologists into a tizzy. This was the discovery of the skull and some bones of a human female nicknamed Ibu, who lived some 18,000 years ago in the Indonesian island of Flores. An adult, she stood a little over three feet tall. Bits and pieces of six others of her kind were found alongside in a cave called Liang Bua by Mike Morwood of the University of New England in Australia and a team of Australian and Indonesian scientists. Ibu and her people had brains that were almost exactly the same size as those of chimpanzees, smaller even than the brains of Homo habilis. But they were clearly of the genus Homo and had lived in Flores from as long as 95,000 years ago until a mere 13,000 years ago. Morwood's team concluded that they were the product of an early dispersal of Homo erectus into the region, a group of which had managed somehow, perhaps by raft, to cross the waters to the island of Flores. Once there, they were able to hunt, and with fairly sophisticated stone points, and consume, with the help of fire, a range of animals from large rats and huge lizards to dwarf elephants. In figure 5-1, an artist's drawing of Homo florensiensis, the controversial hobbit with a large rat. The theme of man the hunter still holds strong, despite the fact that it was a female that was the chief find. Ibu and company were named Homo floriensis, a putatively, rather putatively, brand new human species which the press happily dubbed hobbits. The suggestion is that Ibu's ancestors, upon arriving on the isolated island, where food resources were relatively sparse, began an evolutionary process common to many animals, but obviously not all, that become isolated on islands. They began to shrink. The energetic advantages of a smaller size are obvious, perhaps something worth looking into in our current century. When populations promise to be large for a long time, while we run out of many useful resources, Furthermore, outside of the pretty dim-witted giant lizards, there were no predators to fret about. In any event, as these individuals reduced in size, so did their brains, but not, apparently, their intelligence. This simply was not how brains were supposed to work. Smaller meant less intelligent. But the new find suggested that once some level of complexity has been achieved in the structure of the brain, uh, 
it can be miniaturized and still exhibit a high level of intelligence. In the years to come, if validly identified, Ibu may well become as famous as Lucy. Not surprisingly, numerous caveats have been forcefully offered, including one suggesting that Ibu may have been a microcephalic human, which is to say, pathologically little-brained one. To this, one archaeologist was overheard saying that some paleoanthropologists are a tad microcephalic themselves. But even though Ibu is what might be thought of as the quote type specimen unquote of Homo floriensis, when Time published its story about her in the November 8, 2004 issue, the editors illustrated the piece by a male with a recently killed giant rat hung around his neck. The boys at times simply didn't get it. The mighty prehistoric hunter is back again, even though he is a midget. In the 19th century and well into the past century, however, the notion of brain size was widely considered the definitive key to humanness. This notion has also played into the hands of male chauvinists, but they unconsciously chauvinist or or advertently, either be they unconsciously or advertently. It is a fact that the human female brain tends to be smaller in volume than the male. Ergo, ancient prejudice was scientifically sound. Women simply could not on average be as smart as men, thus justifying practically any sort of discrimination that sprang to mind. This was common enough even though the brain size differences tend to disappear when adjusted for body size differences. Recently, however, it has come to light that the human female brain has the same number of neurons packed into its slightly smaller volume as the male brain does. This may also have been the case with both male and female Homo floriensis. Thus, has one supposed underpinning of the idea of male superiority been swept away? Furthermore, most scientists who study the brain and track its evolution are of the opinion that how the brain is organized is far more important than size. Sure, volume is important up to a point. Also, the increases in size from Australopiths to Homo habilis and from habilis to ergaster. coincide in time with the appearance of the Aldoan and then Aculean toolkits we have talked about before. This could be a matter of increased brain size, but is more likely associated with some kind of new organization of some part of the brain, the part involved in almost surely within the cerebral cortex which achieves its maximum complexity and relative size in humans. 
practically everything that can be called upon today to explain how the brain works will be considered pretty simple-minded in the future. The human brain is surely the most complex organ ever to exist on this planet. To begin with, there are some 10 billion neurons and many of these cells, if not all, are capable of thousands of connections with other neurons. At any given moment, all of these neurons are either switched on or off. So to perceive the current state of any brain is almost impossible by definition. Add to this the fact that the neurons exist within a frame network of other cells, called glial cells, which were previously thought to be more structural than functional, but which have now been found to play an important role in such brainy affairs as memory. Any attempt to perceive the actual steps along the way in the six million year long evolution of the complexity of a certain unknown bipedal ape's brain into the human brain is severely limited by the obvious fact that all those brains until today no longer exist. No one has seen or touched the brain of any hominid species but Homo sapiens. We do have what are called endocasts, which are casts of ancient brains made from the often more, much reconstructed skulls of fossil hominids. From these, one can see at least a shadowy impression of those areas of the brain that rest on the surface.